Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrell pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Bobby, I'd like to begin this week's episode uh, by sharing with you some musings about the state of the world uh, from someone who's very near and dear to our hearts. Is that all right with you? Yeah, of course. Of course that's all right with me. We hold the main figures, the main characters, so to speak, of this podcast near and dear to our hearts. So if one of them is making noise, it's our, it's our duty, our obligation to the listeners of this show to platform them. <laughs> exactly. I totally agree. Quote, this is really an awful time. It's an awful time. It's an awful time in our history as a planet. It really is. And as a human race. This sounds like Tale of Two Cities. Everybody (laughs) sucks. I'm telling you, they really do. To dig into something like that and say I attacked someone. I didn't attack anybody. Bobby, these are words from the 26th most famous person (laughs) in baseball. One Yankees broadcaster, Michael Kay. In response to his critics claiming that he went in uh, a little too hard on a bat boy on a recent uh, Yankees broadcast. Your thoughts right away, Bobby. Does everyone suck? Does everybody suck? Yes. Do we, as a podcast, wear our mistakes on our sleeve? Yes. We're not shying away from the fact that we put Michael Kay in the top 30 (laughs) of the most famous people in the baseball world. Wow, you're already calling it a mistake. (laughs) <laughs> Doesn't it kind of feel like one? I mean, look at what we're talking about here. So, okay, can you... I don't know what happened here. Can you fill me in on the context? I saw a screenshot of a Bat Boy going around. Now you're telling me that Michael K is doing... It was the best of times. It was the worst of times right. for 2023. I need to know what happened in between. So, the Yankees traveled to Cleveland this past week to play the Guardians. And, and they got walloped. Yeah, that they did. And... The home team guardians, because the the home team provides the the bat boys for the series. Um, Is that always true? I, so, like the the home team just dresses up one of the bat boys in the away team's jerseys. I think so. Does the away team have to provide the jersey, or does the home team have one of every thirty jerseys? <laughs> I mean, I, f- I feel like you'd run into some sizing issues with with that sizing issues. Also, like what jersey you actually decide to wear because there's alternate away jerseys. Right, exactly. You want the bad boy matching the rest of the aesthetic on the field. Well, that was that's just a necessity. Like exactly. you couldn't have right. the bad boy cannot be wearing the the gray Yankees jersey if the Yankees were wearing the like blue the away one. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the the young man whom the guardians uh, whom the guardians assigned to be the bat boy. Um, for the series, or at least um, some of these games, right. uh, happened to have your a little... mission. If you choose to accept it, <laughs> right. young bat boy, is to pick up the bats for the fucking Yankees. <laughs> Declined. <laughs> Laptop closed. <laughs> he had a little scruff, little little facial hair, and uh, some some pretty luscious locks that were down past his shoulders. Um, That's his first mistake. Well. <laughs> How dare he? Um, and he was also wearing red cleats, right? The Guardians, that is one of their colors, 
And um, the Guardians also don't have stupid rules about <laughs> your fucking hair. So <laughs> this man woke up in the morning in the clear. And on the broadcast, when the camera cut to him, Michael K said, hey, if the players aren't allowed, I don't know if the Bat Boy should be allowed. There are rules. Rules are rules. He's disobeying two of them. I think there's facial hair, and obviously the hair is below the collar. Those feel like the same rule. <laughs> yes. He's disobeying two of them? Like, what? <laughs> that's, like if you're, that's like if you're going 20 miles an hour over the speed limit. They're not, you're not disobeying two rules by going five miles over and 10 miles <laughs> over. You're just going 10 miles over, you know? Like, same rule. Right. I mean, he was trying to find more stuff to kind of get upset about, His I think. His rap sheet. Mm-hmm. Michael Kay, prosecutor of the baseball world. <laughs> So it turns out this young man um, is the son of the Guardian's radio broadcaster. Wow. Plot twist. Plot twist. I have a feeling Michael K. probably didn't know this also. It'd be better if he did, though. Right. And still stuck to his guns. Yeah. And was like, sorry, rules are rules. I mean, Michael K. is 26th. I don't see the Guardian's radio broadcaster on our third most famous (laughs) list of people in baseball. He's just throwing around his authority. You're very right about that. Um, So... Predictably, there was a bit of pushback um, because anytime Michael K does just about anything, um, he's bound to ruffle a few feathers. And some people said, hey, this is a bit unnecessary to put this bat boy on blast in front of everyone. He's not even like your bat boy. Like he doesn't even, he isn't even employed by your team. Do we think that Michael K knew that? No. Okay. I think he did. Otherwise, this would make no sense. Right. Why would the Guardians bat boys have to follow? the rules of the New York Yankees, especially not even in New York. <laughs> right. I don't know. But it led to this, this outburst that I, that I shared with you at the top of this episode. Um, he was on his, uh, on the Michael K show. I don't know if you've heard of it. Remains. It's a mistake that he has that. I mean, it's second in my rotation <laughs> behind the 51. No shit. 51, 56, 41. Fi- I thought 56, 40, 50. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he he not only um uh dug in right into his position right. but but lashed out at the haters right he called um uh, the folks over at awful announcing who reported on this um clowns and ass wipes clowns he said ass wipes actually on the radio? i guess he said a a wipes a wipes <laughs> which is <laughs> just, just don't say it that's just bad radio just come up with something different yeah, just, just yeah Kay continued, this is, the tr- this is truly the bottom line. People suck. Everyone's out for someone's throat. The world sucks. I'm sorry. I feel guilty sometimes about bringing children into this. What? This place sucks. They do. They absolutely do. To get clicks, they'll sell their soul. To get ratings, people sell their soul. I can't live like that. A man says sounds on his drive like, time radio sounds show. Sounds like you should retire then. Yeah. He said, I, I feel, feel guilty. guilty for bringing kids into this world? What the fuck is he talking about? This is a man who's never received an ounce of pushback on anything he's ever done in his life. It's like he just watched First Reformed or something. Yeah. <laughs> Except <laughs> actually what happened was that he made fun of someone on a fucking bite baseball broadcast that's being broadcast to millions of people. Right. There was like He's like, first they came for the announcers. And I, did, I said nothing because I wasn't an announcer. But you know what? They're going to come for you. The opposite of that coin is first they came for the Bat Boy's hair. And I said nothing. <laughs> That's real. That's What's real. What's next, Michael K? Yankees fans have to follow the Yankees hair policy? What the fuck is going on? Wow. 
he's such a snowflake, dog. He, I hate using this word, but he is such a snowflake. Yeah, very thin-skinned. I just, I want to meet the person who was like, Michael K gets to broadcast Yankees games for three hours every day. Yeah. What if we put in another microphone in front of his face for three, for more, three more hours, hours. every day? That Only good things could come from that, right? What an A-wipe. <laughs> uh, Alex, we have a fun episode queued up for everybody today. We are bringing back the segment Three Up, Three Down, which longtime listeners will remember as a segment that we used to do weekly to talk about the odds and ends of the Major League Baseball, the, the wider baseball world, the stories that we maybe didn't have enough time to cover during the main segment of the show, um, but still wanted to talk about and still wanted to mention. So Three Up, Three Down is three things that are adding to our joy in the baseball world this week and three things that are taking away from our joy in the baseball world. Uh, we will both share three. We will both share six things each. Uh, we're going to make a whole episode out of it this week because we don't do this segment every week anymore, but we still love doing it. Um, so we're going to be rolling it out from time to time this year. Uh, maybe not for every single episode because the show has taken on a wider scope since we used this to fill time every week on the podcast, but uh, we'll bring it back from time to time because it's a lot of fun and it gives us a chance to talk about stuff that maybe doesn't fit neatly into the box that is tipping pitches, but that stuff that we still find ourselves interested in talking about. So this week it's going to be all three up, three down. Last week it was a mailbag. This week this week is three up, three down. You can tell we're just trying to cycle through that early season news. You know, we're just trying to get in and out with as much stuff as we possibly can cover. Um, but before we do that, I am Bobby Wagner. I am Alex Baisley, and you are listening to tipping pitches alex one new patron this week an a-rod vip tier member i love it when it's one from one an a-rod tier Mm -hmm. that's a real highlight on the person that signed up this week thank you jordan for signing up can i tell you something before we go to three or three down please so uh over the last like 10 days or so, the the backspace key, the delete key on my computer has started to go, um, which is really annoying mm-hmm. for typing things, typing emails, typing Slack messages. That is a useful key. And I made an appointment at the Apple store to get it fixed. Um, but prior to that, I just had to like press it like three or four times. And there was a, there was a point on Wednesday where I was like, uh-oh, this isn't working at all. And I was like, Wow, I better be really judicious with my words. Uh, but in podcast editing, Alex, the delete key is is cut. It's like it's get rid of everything that you've highlighted, cut, which I use a lot. You can probably tell why I the delete key was not working on my computer, which is that I'm cutting a lot of stuff out of episodes, whatever. Um, and before I knew that I was going to be able to get an Apple Store appointment before doing the show today, I was like, what if the delete key is just donezo? Should we try and do a podcast with no edits? <laughs> Should we take a negative? <laughs> Should we take a flaw in right. the system and should we foreground it and just do the uncut pod? Alex and Bobby uncut. <laughs> well, thankfully for for you and me and for the <laughs> listeners, I was able to go to the downtown Brooklyn Apple store yesterday and get my key fixed in a matter of 15 minutes. Thank you to the kind souls at the downtown Brooklyn Apple store who own my entire life because what would I do without all of my Apple products mm-hmm. functioning perfectly? Um, so my question for you is, is that a good idea? Should we do that one day? Like knowing that we're going to do that going into it, you know, like obviously 
if I just didn't edit a podcast one week, it would sound absurd. <laughs> <laughs> it would just sound like like people's phones were broken and there right. was just dead silence for long periods of time while we gather our thoughts sometimes. But knowing it going into it, pretending like it was a radio show being broadcast live or something, is that a fun idea that we should do? <laughs> Maybe like a midweek happy hour, one hour, we got to fill mm-hmm. it, no dead air. See what happens. I think we could do it. Um, I'm a little worried I would get to Michael K's place really quickly, just like kind of musing on <laughs> on like philosophically how I feel about yeah. kind of the energy. How can we criticize him before having to put ourselves through that? Exactly. I don't know what it's like in that room. You know, I will give him credit. I think he was including himself in that, right? He's saying we as humans, you know, there needs to be more more generosity, right? More love in this world. That's what you took from that. Yeah, he's about peace and love. That, that's what I get, right? Is he just thinks there's too much negativity. Uncut right pod when? Is the uncut pod the same as the two hour pod? It is pod? the same as the are two hour pod. Are those the two pod, things? Right. Just by saying this, you know that there's a certain subsection of listeners who are going to be like, you have to do this. Now. Mm-hmm. It scares me a little bit. Well, we keep trickling stuff out there that people want, you know, putting we're, it off for longer and longer. We're never getting that keep- Topeka, Kansas radio station <laughs> until we show them we can actually hang for a couple hours. Yeah, but how will they know that we didn't edit it? <laughs> How will they know that there were no cuts? <laughs> Actually, they'll know. <laughs> yeah, they'll know. <laughs> they'll be able to tell. Uh, okay, that was what I wanted to share with you before starting three up, three down. Do you have anything else before we get going? No, Bobby. Let's get started. Let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about baseball. I'll kick us off this week, please. Do you want to start with up or down? I never. Rem- I guess I think we kind of went back and forth on this. Yeah, I think it depended how down the downs were. You know, I want to start with up this okay. week. Okay. Because my up is baseball related and my up is... That's good. That That's a great start. <laughs> <laughs> my up is on-field player baseball okay. related. And it is recent news. Brett Beatty coming up to the major leagues. That's right. That is the first on my up this week. Um, By the way, I want you to title this podcast episode 2023 up, 2023 down. <laughs> you know? Okay. Thinking about that earlier. Yeah. It was like... The first three up, three down of 2023. Three up, three down, 2023 up, 2023 down. You get it? Does that make sense? Is this, it clicking is, for you? Is this like our, our Jeter re-to-pect, you know? <laughs> nobody ever said that out loud before it went no. into like the commercial. Like Nobody tried to pronounce that. They're like, it'll be fine. Yeah. It looks good. Um, Brett Beatty, coming up to the majors. Uh, he was in the majors last year in like August. Yeah. And he was okay. And then he was pretty bad on defense. And then he got hurt. And then it became an open question as to whether he would start the season with the Mets. And it became pretty clear that they were fucking around with him. I don't know necessarily if they were fucking around with his service time. Like, I don't, since he spent some time in the majors last year, it wasn't quite the same as if he was calling some, as if, as if he was being called up on the exact day to gain back an extra year of service time. I don't think that that's the case. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy for him to come up because he's been absolutely tearing it up in the minors. And at some point when you're hitting 400 at AAA, you just have to like get called up and see what happens. Otherwise, like it's an investment in a player that you're never going to actually see whether it's worthwhile. That's kind of like where the Mets are at with Ronnie Mauricio right now too. He's just hitting home runs like every three nights in AAA, but nobody really knows if he can actually adjust to big league pitching, and they just are not giving him the chance to do that. Yeah. He's, well, I mean, that's a little harder too because like cause he's where blocked. would you put him? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm glad that you say that because you know Beatty is not really blocked because his the the person who's 
in front of him on the Major League roster this year is Eduardo Escobar, who's not having the greatest year at the dish so far. I mean, he's like a fine defender, whatnot, whatever. He's like sure-handed. He's reliable. He's a longtime vet. He's a great clubhouse presence. He just hasn't been hitting so far this year. He's been very inconsistent, and he was very inconsistent last year, too. He had the he was the best hitter in baseball in September, randomly, which was awesome to watch. Um, and that is actually part of my up this week, is that when they called Beatty up and they asked Escobar about it, he was nothing but complimentary to him. He's like, he's done more than enough to earn it. He deserves to be here. I'm really happy for him. I'm really proud of him. I'm excited for him to come up here. And I just love when there's like, that steady veteran presence in the clubhouse who is so good for the sport of baseball by like just creating that kind of environment, like for young players to develop relationships with the fan base, like not standing in someone's way just because you're like worried about what it's going to mean for your career personally. I just find Eduardo Escobar to be like so cool and humble. And I just like, even though he has not torn it up on the field as a Met, he's been a great Met and it's important to like, create space on the podcast in your fandom for players like that who maybe don't perform up to their own expectations or the fan base's expectations or the contracts expectations or gm's expectations or whatever but are still like good for the fan experience and i think that this call-up dynamic eduardo escobar being on the other side of that has highlighted that for me yeah i think a lot of great baseball teams that's a really key element to it, right, is having that sort of veteran presence who can be a sort of spokesperson for the clubhouse, who can act as a mentor, and and who's, like, been there before to a degree, right, which is yeah, not to say... 11 like, years of service time. I, I mean, yeah, honestly. Um, so I think you're absolutely right. Eduardo Escobar is a gem. He's so funny. He's really funny. <laughs> Just a cute guy. He's the always the best interview in, like, the Mets... TikTok presence, social media presence, Instagram stories presence. Yeah. Like when they do the thing where they ask everybody on the on the team as they're coming out for warm-ups, like the same question and they cut together everybody's responses. He's always the funniest. All the videos of him being afraid of cats. They brought a cat into the dugout or into the clubhouse to chase him around with it. It's like a real fear that he has. <laughs> Anytime that he gets asked about fears, he always says cats. Um, he's just a very he's a he's a funny guy, he's a cool guy, and he's the type of like personality that I think should get as much spotlight as anything. What's first up for you this week? First up for me this week is a, a team that came up last week. Uh, the Oakland athletics. (laughs) (laughs) Stop dude. They're so bad. Are we doing our downs first? (laughs) Sorry. Um, I don't want to step on your downs if they're in there. You know who I'm enjoying watching so far? Cause it's not the Oakland athletics. Uh, and and that's the Baltimore Orioles. Wow. I know that we, we spoke last week and you said you could never in, well, I think we agreed that we could never in good faith encourage someone um, to sign up for uh, really any baseball fan. I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish this upon anyone. Um, but right now the Orioles um, are in uh, the dire straits, at least in the front office, have been for the last few years. Um, but all that to say, this is a really fun Really fun baseball team. I'm just gonna say it. They got a lot of they got a lot of players who can hit the ball really far and who can run really fast. Um Cedric Mullins is electric and I think he has sort of filled the the void that Manny Machado left. Um 
they've obviously got this young core of players like Adley and Gunnar Henderson and Grayson Rodriguez who are who are coming up as well. And not all of them are are there yet. Um, the Austin Hayes disrespect. I hey, I love Austin Hayes. I mean, he's he's <laughs> he's hanging, you know. <laughs> um, the Ryan Mountcastle disrespect. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, and I and I sh- I should note also. Um, you get to watch Mets legend James McCann get ABs too. Go over um, five, <laughs> exactly for a different team. Uh, Did you that... see how beat up the helmet that he was wearing was yesterday? No, it looked like it was from World War II. Like it was un like a batting you... helmet. Yeah, you couldn't even see the Orioles logo on it. It was like all scratched up and like Jesus. covered in dirt and pine, pine tar, tar and yeah, yeah, it was wild. It was wild. Maybe he's just trying out anything to get the the mojo back. Right. <laughs> Maybe no helmet next. Maybe. <laughs> You just stay on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> no bat. <laughs> um, I also have to shout out their celebrations, which are so fucking weird. Yeah. I, I, it's just, it's what happens when you get together. When I mean, they're like spitting the water out, when you're they're talking doing, about? Spitting yeah. the wa- you know, they do the, um, it was explained by uh, one Kyle Gibson, who's in their starting rotation, um, who, sure. uh, who, <laughs> if it's, <laughs> you want to you want to talk the roller coaster is the Orioles starting rotation. Well, that's like that's what I was going to say is that that's why they're so fun to watch is because they 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 bop. Yep, I mean they're they always trying to come back. Have you no know? pitchers, <laughs> you know. I mean they made the A's lineup look legit. Those games were like twelve to ten. Yep, eight to six. Mm-hmm. You know exactly. You never know what you're going to get. Um, <laughs> but when they when they do a uh, when they do a single, they. They have a, a turn the water faucet celebration on when they do a double. There's a um, they do a sprinkler. Mm. Uh, this was I think seen by many people this past week where yeah where the the batter on second does the little sprinkler motion with your hips and all the players just spit water out <laughs> onto the field. Sure, fucking why not? And then um, when they hit a home run, they have what Kyle Gibson. Uh, was sure to clarify is known as a Homer hose. It is not a dong bong. Um, so they have a Homer hose that they drink out of mm. um, that just looks eerily like something bong. you and I may have come across in our time at NYU. Like a beer bong? I mean, I don't think I ever saw a beer bong at NYU. <laughs> really? The journalism parties that we were going to? <laughs> Those were huge. I just don't understand the appeal of the beer bong. I, have, I mean, no, I don't either. Just chug. If you're going to drink that much right. liquid alcoholic liquid just chug like i don't need somebody force feeding it to me with a prop i mean isn't that isn't that like most drinking games right is like okay we're gonna make you drink but we're gonna make the experience a little bit more unpleasant and like that's it no 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 because a lot of drinking games are fun i have a question should we do a power hour tipping pitches episode you know what a power hour is it's when you take a shot of beer every minute for an hour straight (laughs) that did you just come up? I know no one's ever done that. That's what are you talking about? Oh, oh, a shot of beer. A shot of I, beer. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you were like, do you? I was like, do I was like, do no, I don't want to die. Well, <laughs> that's not the way to go. Live potting, <laughs> taking shots of whatever Jesus. vodka. Um, should we do that? Maybe that can be our no edit pod because yeah, you can't edit that. You can't. <laughs> We're really co- we're 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 the, the creative juice together are our masterpiece right now. Yeah, it's not going to happen today, but it is going to happen someday. Mm-hmm. We're laying the groundwork. Right, exactly. Michelangelo didn't paint <laughs> the Sistine Chapel. The Sistine Chapel overnight, right? He had to think about it. I actually don't know how long it took him to do I, it. I don't either. <laughs> you know, he did it while laying on his back. 
You ever heard that before? Sistine Chapel, kind of overrated. Wow. <laughs> I don't even know how to quantify something like that. Like, first of all, it is nice. It's nice. It's nice. It sort of looks like like the people nowadays who have like a bunch of really small tattoos over their bodies that like don't have anything to do with each other. Right. Which like doesn't look bad and all of the tattoos can look beautiful individually but then you look at it by itself and it, it, it's like a Where's Waldo book right. a little bit. Like thematically it's not really speaking to right. me. A lot of angels, a lot of fruits. I don't know. It's just, I was expecting a little more to be honest. <laughs> From Michael Angelo's yeah, The I Sistine was. Chapel. I was. You know, if you if you went and saw Randy Johnson at his peak and he gave up like three runs, right? You'd be like, he's still great. <laughs> but I was expecting a little more. <laughs> you know who else is overrated? Who? Da Vinci, bro. Da Vinci is okay. overrated. Does yeah. not spark joy for me personally. I get it. I get what he was going for. Mm-hmm. I his mean, stuff is very moody, very impressive. Here's my beef with a lot of artists from that era. Um, why is why is the painting so small? Yeah. Really? It was like on a four by six note card, the <laughs> Mona Lisa. You know, like I could have stolen it in my pocket. <laughs> it's because they were broke, dude. Like the big paintings were all commissioned by like kings and right. queens and stuff. And so if they were just in their studio in the workshop getting shots up, like they didn't have like a big canvas to work with. They didn't have that, that much. Sounds paint. like sounds like he wasn't very creative. Wow, broke boys. What if the world is your canvas? <laughs> all I'm saying is if I could only look at one Renaissance painter, Italian Renaissance painter's paintings for the rest of my life, it certainly would not be Michelangelo or Da Vinci. That's, it would be no, Botticelli. It would be Botticelli in a landslide. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't really get on this. Don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Um, should we move on? Yes. Yeah, so is Botticelli your second up? Yeah. <laughs> He's always up for me, dog. Birth of Venus? <laughs> Primavera? Come on, get in there. I know I know my art heads are hype right now listening to this chat. Um, so so how do we do this? Do we go to a down now? I feel like we do. I don't remember. <laughs> I actually don't remember either. I think, I think we alternate, right. yeah, I think between we do ups and downs. Because yeah. otherwise we just do all the downs at the end. And it's like, yeah, this is not fun anymore. kind of a literal downer. Um, okay, my first down this week. In my notes here, I've written, I'm just going to read it verbatim. Mm -hmm. Rob Manfred MLB TV gaslighting tour. Do you know what I'm referring to? Yes, I do. Rob Manfred, for the last six months or so, ever since, um, and and really in the last like two months, ever since it became clear that Bally, Diamond Sports Group, the company that is distributing regional sports broadcasts via, via the Bally brand, Bally Sports, was not going to survive long-term financially and they were going to file for bankruptcy or they were going to have to restructure their company or whatever they were going to have to do. They ended up filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Rob Manfred has been talking to anyone and everyone who will listen. And I'm referring specifically to an article that Evan Drellick wrote, which obviously I'm not critiquing Evan here. I'm critiquing the thing that Rob was talking about that Evan was writing an article in response to, which is that Rob's talking about how, like, we need to have an all 30 team MLB streaming service here. I'm going to read these quotes. Quote Here's a scary number for you, Commissioner Rob Manfred told the room in late March. St. Louis, great baseball market. You know what percentage of homes in St. Louis have access to baseball right now? Anybody want to guess? And then somebody in attendance. This was a luncheon by the Paley Media Council. Why do these things always happen at luncheons, by the way? What? 
When are we going to get invited to the luncheons? Right? What do we have to do to get invited to the luncheons? Where's doing... my Rotary Club invite? Exactly. I'm doing five minutes on Botticelli, bro. <laughs> I'm cultured. Yes. Bring me to the luncheon. Yeah, 15's the answer, Manfred said. 15. It's because of cord cutting and the fact that operators like Diamond have not even gotten full distribution within the traditional cable bundle. So all of a sudden, Rob Manfred realized that people can't watch baseball? That's what you're telling me, Rob? You just realized that people can't actually see the games. I wonder who determined that. I wonder who was running baseball when this was becoming a problem. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that we're all trying to find out, find the guy who did this meme is kind of overdone, but like, uh, (laughs) Rob, like, this, this is why I wrote down gaslighting tour. Because, like, no shit, Rob. Like, no shit. We know that we haven't been able to watch the baseball games. You know why? Because we've been the people trying to watch the baseball games. I'm sorry that you just realized that baseball was a sport three years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and that you weren't just, like, that your job previously was not just, like, sifting through numbers on spreadsheets. Your job was actually, like, relating to something that was happening in millions of real people's lives. Like, I'm sorry that that epiphany just happened for you. But for the rest of us, we've actually been trying to watch all 30 baseball teams on a streaming service that, that we pay $135 a year for. So I uh, thank you for seeing the light, I guess. <laughs> but I don't know what you've been doing for the last six years as commissioner. Yeah. And I, it's just, it's, I feel like I'm going a little crazy, honestly. Of I, him being like, my goal all along has been to have, his, I'm, I'm fascinated by the possibility of having an, a streaming service with all 30 teams. It's like, You and everybody else, dude. We've all been asking for this for literally forever. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And I think you can attribute part of it to the fact that this is really the first time in the the era of digital digitally streamed sports that this, I think, has seemed like a possibility, right? I mean, three, four years ago, they were still stuck in these really, even at that point in 2018, 2019, right? When, When Bally acquired... Um, the RSNs, they, they they were locked into contracts that were like not in a great spot, right? Dude, and I and, guess I mean I, I yes I know I know what you're saying. It's it's the first time it seemed likely given the circumstances that MLB owners prioritize money over literally everything else, right? Right, but it's not the first time it's been possible. Like they could have easily leveraged their position to get out of any of these deals if that's really what they wanted above all else, and they were really concerned about the growth of the game. What are the cable networks going to do? arrest them <laughs> like they don't have any power I here i mean they could sue them i think well threatening ma- taking action that will get them sued has never stopped mlb from doing what they wanted before i know so yeah. not paying minor leaguers got them sued too but they still did that i know <laughs> sorry i didn't mean to, to derail you i just no i i totally hear you um and you know, I, I think that the reason that Rob never talked like this before is because what was his incentive to do that, right? It was never, it never seemed like he was going to be able to force the RSN executives to the table unless something like a, a bankruptcy um, forced their hand, right? This boogeyman RSN executive bullshit. I know, These I know. These guys, I know. Like, <laughs> like, they're going to put a hit on Rob Manfred if he wants to distribute their, well, I, their rights on the, all 30 streaming servers. I just don't understand it. I just don't believe it. I mean, can I say it's pretty funny. So there have been some developments in the last couple of weeks, right? Major League Baseball filed a an like emergency motion to end the RSN deals because of these kind of the missed payments. Missed yeah. payments and that sort of thing. Um just a couple just a few days ago, 
Diamond Sports Group came out and said, yeah, we're thinking we're not going to actually pay the rights fees to three teams right now. Um, they said, they said, quote, they, that, that they're not disputing that they have the money to pay the rights fees to the Diamondbacks, <laughs> uh, Guardians, and Twins. But because when the contracts were signed, it was like a better environment for them. So they think that these contracts have aged poorly <laughs> and therefore that should free them from having to participate in them. I like that. My career outlooks looked better when I s- signed up to get those student loans. Mm-hmm. And so now that my career is sort of on the rocks, <laughs> I don't think I want to pay them back. <laughs> Literally. Yes. People just make stuff up all the time. Look, all I'm saying is I know that like as the commissioner of a sports league, your job is to not be honest and forthcoming. Your job is to be disingenuous. Right. But with this one specifically, it just seems like a way to drive fans crazy to pretend like this all 30 team streaming service is something that you invented three weeks ago. It's like we it, we already have it. You literally have all 30 teams on MLB TV. You just click it and then it doesn't play. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's a line of code in there that kind of just turns this into the streaming service you're talking about. <laughs> no, straight up. Like straight up there's like, a line of code. We're going to create a new service that is going to effectively um, broadcast our product to millions of U.S. households. I'm like, what is different? <laughs> Are you going to copy paste? Yeah, he's just acting like the all the all thirty team streaming service. Like, I mean, I so guess the one that we have, if you use a VPN, I guess the 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 difference is like so the one that you give to team employees, right? I mean, the difference is like they would, in theory, be producing some of these broadcasts, right? So they're not not just like plugging their own stream in. So don't like, care. I, I, I hey, I don't care either. Like, however you guys want to do it, <laughs> don't care. Like, is it possible? Yes. Short answer: Yes. <laughs> It's also possible for you to not black out the game of the day, yeah. the free game of the day, just because it happens to be in some people's markets. If it's the free game of the day, it's free. You, you're not calling it the partially free game of the day. <laughs> I'm so glad we got a Bobby rant in this one. Dog, I guess I'm just kind of fired up today. All right, uh, what, 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 actually, no, wait, before we move on, okay. you, you, you missed my, my favorite quote uh, in that article. Um, Rob Manfred, I have to hand it to him. Yeah, you do. I really do. He loves the like <laughs> pithy sort of one-liner. Yeah. Or like talking about how much a word resonates with him. He said, <laughs> talk- I, know, I know what you're gonna <laughs> know what you're gonna say. He says, We're gonna put the word reach right over the entrance to the commissioner's office. It's kind of our number one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. baseball, baseball is tattooed on his forehead, right? Yeah, that's true. Uh, reach is over his office. It's like Watches Ted Lasso once. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're gonna put the word "reach" right over the entrance to the commissioner's office. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check in on that. I'm gonna check in on that. I'd love it if it was like talk to of, some people that work at MLB, <laughs> see if he actually puts the word "reach" above the commissioner's yeah, office. Put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. I really would like for the, um, for the door frame to just be slightly taller than Manfred, so it's like <laughs> kind of a double meeting. It's like reach, but also Rob, <laughs> reach, bud. He's just gonna start putting those like motivational posters all around the commissioner's office, right, like, like the cat. Shoot for the there. moon, because if you miss, you're gonna land in the stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's it's hump day. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's almost the weekend, kiddo. <laughs> it's like a like one that says like perseverance, and right. it's like an animal looking tired, like trying <laughs> to get to some water to drink. You know, like that was such a cottage industry for a while there. Yeah, we're gonna put the word reach right over the title of this podcast. <laughs> All right, what's your first down? My first down is the news that we lost one of our uh, all-gift draft picks to an injury. That's yeah. one O'Neal Cruz, yeah. who's going to be out 10 to 12 weeks uh, because he broke his ankle? Yeah. I have this too. Not not O'Neal Cruz specifically, but the, all of the early season injuries. Yeah. I don't, like, I'm sure that there's not more injuries than usual. It's just that every year when the season starts, you just, I'm just remember like, that remember injuries can happen. They can get hurt. And that uh, this is why I don't like build too much joy up because I yeah. know it's going to get And then a away. not insignificant chunk of players are just out for several months. Um, so I know I'm getting ahead of myself reading my second down here. But yeah, I have this too. Early season injuries. Yohan yeah. Moncada and Tim Anderson can't stay on the field. Hoskins tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Oh, well, no, Cruz. Yeah. So this is why I'm saying... Like, why are we having the players even play in this, right? Like, it's not an important part of the year. I want to see them in the playoffs. So why are we having them even play the first part of the season? That's true. If players are going to get hurt, what's the point? Um, yeah, this was a bummer. The O'Neal Cruz play was so awkward. So, like, such a freak, awkward play. Yeah. Again, it was slide at the plate. There was no one who was in the... Again, there was, like, a reflexive instinct, right? To be If someone gets injured on a play... We saw this with the uh, with the White Sox and the Twins this week too, where there was like an awkward collision at second base, and it's like that's because baseball is an awkward game, yeah, a lot of the time, yeah, and humans happen to be kind of awkward sometimes. Uh, do you want to roll straight into your second down since I gave my second down since it was also injuries? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Everybody got to keep up. Yeah, you know, no. this one's not going to be easy to follow. Nope. This is a high level of difficulty, high risk, high reward podcast right here. Right. Uh, yeah, big boom bust potential. <laughs> My second down is something that I alluded to on our Twitter account this week, and it's been bugging me for weeks, and there's really no uh, eloquent way to put it. So I'm just going to come out and say that the MLB at bat app sucks now. <laughs> it's just bad. They just I think you it. did more than alluded to it on Twitter. You said <laughs> I, the MLB said at bat as much. went from being good to bad. <laughs> Um, it really did. It it wasn't like they made active improvements on how you navigate. In fact, you could argue they um made it harder to navigate. I feel like they do this every off season where they like add one or two new tabs at the yes. bottom, you know, and then they change the interface a little bit. But what has really thrown me is on the game day aspect itself, they've moved around where all of the information is. And I I hey, I'm no I'm no engineer. I'm no software developer. But you could be. But I... If you reach. Got some thoughts. <laughs> if I reach. You could become a software developer. I no, just, you're, it you're, doesn't feel like good practice to make your customers have to relearn this, these muscles over here, and over. Here's the thing that listeners don't know about, Alex. Mm -hmm. You are a user experience <laughs> connoisseur. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you are not enjoying the user experience of a product, you will download, get the free trial, test out every other product that is that product's competitor. Yeah. And you will formulate a hardened, fast opinion of what product is the best. Yes. That's who you are. That so is. when you criticize the MLB at Bad App, listeners, 
Just no. don't take it lightly. Take it to heart. Yeah. This man is an expert. S- hours of sleepless nights. Have you ever considered going to work for Wirecutter? They could use your services. They could. I feel like my um my f- field of focus might be a little narrow for them. Hey guys, uh, so I've been trying out the new baseball app. <laughs> no, but you have that kind of brain. Right. If they sent you a bunch of fucking I don't know, what do they what do they use on the wire cut? What do they what do they test out? <laughs> air fryers? Everything. Yeah. Come air, on, dude. Yeah. You'd know you'd know which one pillow. is the best. Yeah. yeah. Pillow. Fucking neon sign. I mean this computer. Is- external hard drive whatever they're doing over there at Wirecutter you could do it you will you and renaissance painting our friends know this is when I um I spent weeks trying to find the right weather app um I downloaded like all 10 that were that were on the app you dropped like 10 bucks on a weather app Uh uh-huh and then they fucking shut it down and then they shut it down that's that's brutal that's bad corporate practice that is bad not doing what's best for the investors Mm -hmm. All, all that to say I trust your opinions Thank you. That's why we're doing this together. I, I appreciate that. Trust your opinions on user experience. My actually, my biggest issue. Can I just? Yes. Like this cook, is all cook, so petty, cook. but I'm gonna let you cook. You used to, you know, when you open up a game, when you want to follow a game on that MLB at bat app, which right. is what, a, what, what it's designed to do. Yeah. Um, sometimes you will click into the game, and uh, usually it shows you how the game is uh, proceeding. And in years past, what you've been able to do is from that screen, um click over to videos and and start watching the game. If you're if you're signed up for MLB TV, you can do that. Yes. You now actually can't watch the game from the game day screen. It's just on a separate tab. Yep. All to, like the two people they don't speak to each other. Nope. You know, you know what is really annoying actually about the MLB stream like the TV section of the MLB at bad app, but when you mirror it to a TV for whatever reason, AirPlay thinks that you're screen recording. <laughs> And so you can't screen record the app. Right. And so it won't appear <laughs> when you mirror. Or if it does appear, for whatever reason, like if you're able to get it to think that you're not screen recording for a hot second, when it goes to commercial, because the commercials are dynamically inserted, it resets the whole yep. process mm-hmm. and thinks you're screen recording again and shuts it off. <laughs> so I just like, I've been trying to help my mom figure out how she can use her free MLB TV to yeah. watch it on the TV and not just the iPad. <laughs> so I was like trying to mirror it. So when we were there for Easter, I was just like mirroring a Jesus game and it just kept Christ. shutting off. And I was like, honestly, it's just not worth it. It's just not because they have a TV and there's no MLB TV app on TVs anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I use like the PlayStation one, but my mom doesn't have a PlayStation. The right. new, newsflash. People over the age of 50 don't have PlayStations. <laughs> So I don't know what they're supposed to do. Mm, some reach, Rob. Some reach. He needs to hang reach a little lower so he can actually reach it. Uh, okay. Should I go next? Or wait, do you have more? About the app, that app? No, I just don't know who who's up now. I guess it's, it's me and we're doing up. Oh, okay. Because we did two straight downs. Cool, cool, because cool, cool. that was the natural flow of the podcast episode. <laughs> my, my second up this week, Kevin Durant going to a Diamondbacks game wearing a Corbin Carroll jersey. I just think KD would be a fun guy to hang out with at a baseball game. Yeah. He likes baseball. He's talked about it a lot. He has said that he likes to try and follow baseball and learn more about the statistics of the game because he's clearly a KD is a very uh, well read and knowledgeable uh, historian of the game of basketball. He has followed the many eras and has his favorite players in those eras and he's talked about them at length and what he's taken and synthesized into his own game. 
And you can see that in the way he plays basketball. And so knowing his mind about how he approaches sports in that way, seeing him sitting wearing a Corbin Carroll jersey, a guy who is a, a rookie who not every baseball fan or casual baseball fan would know who that is, especially since KD just got traded to the Suns earlier this year. It's not like he's had a long time to familiarize himself with the Arizona Diamondbacks, the team that has not made the playoffs in like God only knows how long. And he was there showing out, showing respect to top prospect Corbin Carroll. And I think that's cool. That is cool. That made me smile and laugh. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have been there with him. It's cool when athletes from other sports engage with baseball beyond a sort of like superficial level, right? It's not like... Beyond saying like, I liked Ken Griffey Jr. when I was younger. Right, Everybody liked Ken Griffey Jr. when they were younger. Right, or like when you'll see like a, you know, like Steph Curry will like, he'll like go and take batting practice with the A's and then dip and go to the Giants game because he's a fucking Giants fan. Let's go get him. Um, Hey, Steph Curry, maybe if you stuck it out as an A's fan, you would have won against the Sacramento Kings last night. mm Mm-hmm. Don't know how those two things are related, but nope. But you know, just Bay Area general vibes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry washed alert. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so much easier to do a basketball podcast. You could just make shit up all the time, all the time. Basketball discourse is just like you just shoot from the hip. <laughs> so much is unprovable about <laughs> basketball. You're just like, I I don't think Steph Curry has the grit. Yeah, this year I just don't know. He if had it before. Bill. But he doesn't have the grid anymore. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green has lost the edge. Yeah. I just don't know that Clay wants it enough. Andrew Wiggins looks a little too rusty for them to go all the way this year. Mm-hmm. Like that's that is like that's passable, serviceable basketball analysis. Yep. <laughs> basketball pivot finally coming six years into this <laughs> podcast. Okay, what's your second up? Uh my second up is a a quote in response to a news item that broke this week. I would like to clarify that my up is not the news item. It is the response to the news item. So I'll share the news item first. Okay. Um, And that's that some baseball teams are toying with the idea of extending beer sales into the eighth inning Mm. because games are shorter and they didn't realize that means they're now making less money off of beer. I feel like like a fifth grader could have told you that that was going to (laughs) happen. Like, it's just like like basic math. (laughs) They just... I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't fucking know, man. Anyway. How many MBAs does it take to realize that you're not going to sell as many beers in less time? Right. Hey, we sell products during this event. If the event is shorter, do you think we'll sell the same amount of products? <laughs> the divine amount of beer sales that we will have in every baseball game, Jesus, no like, matter Jesus how long Christ. it is. <laughs> um, so teams like well, the Brewers. Well, maybe they need to hire McKinsey and figure this out. I actually think they do. Yeah. yeah. Teams like the Brewers, Rangers, and Diamondbacks um, have, I think, already... Uh, altered their policy and it's worth noting that at least in name this policy is meant to be for the safety of fans right for those who are driving home after the game you want to give them enough time to sober up and so they're you know sober on the road now you could argue whether or not two innings of baseball is enough time for some pretty specious policy to be sober up yeah yeah i think it was I don't know. I, th- I think it's more putting on a good face than it is really anything that I think is actionable. I think MLB wants to give that sort of appearance, right? Of we want our fans to be safe while also selling them as much shit as we like possibly can, yeah. right? My up this week is the, the response to that, which came courtesy of one Matt Strom, who's a pitcher for the Philadelphia Phillies. Very important pitcher for them now. It's in their starting rotation all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, seriously. 
Um, he appeared on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast this past week um, and had some choice words about these new policies. The reason we stopped it in the seventh before was to give our fans time to sober up and drive home safe, correct? Correct, yes. So now with a faster-paced game and me just being a man of common sense, if the game is going to finish quicker, would we not move the beer sales back to the sixth inning to give our fans time to sober up and drive home? Instead, it's going the other way. Instead, we're going to the eighth, and now you're putting our fans and our family at risk driving home with people who have just drank beer 22 minutes ago. I'm not surprised, Matt, but you're at, you're, you're not surprised either. When you mess with billionaires' dollars, they, uh, they find a way to make their dollars back. Yeah. I feel really lucky to kind of live in a time where Major League Baseball players are emboldened to speak out in this sort of manner, especially when it comes to something like safety of fans and not just fans at the stadium, right? But everyone else on the road right. with every baseball fan leaving the game. Um, I, I don't know. I think voices like this are so important to have. And I just have to give like the most kudos to him for speaking up about it because clearly all the, you know, all the team presidents and everything were like, yes, fans, safety is the most important thing, but you know, also got to get that bud. Right. So like, um, I don't know. Man. I, when this was like being passed around, I saw a lot of people being like, I don't understand what like one extra inning is going to do for people. If like people want to drive drunk, they're going to drive drunk. Like whether you stop selling beer in the seventh inning or you stop selling beer in the eighth inning. And I'm like, yes, that is, true but also at the same time we live in a, a world where like there is very little structure placed around public safety as it is and so if MLB's sole commitment to public safety is this policy right then they've basically knocked their public safety policy down by 50% you know what i mean like MLB cert- some teams you know encourage people to take mass transit but obviously mass transit in this country is a sham in most cities. Now, like going to Yankees and Mets games, mass transit is very easy to use. But for a lot of other stadiums that I have been to, for a lot of other places in this country, it's not quite as easy. And it's just not going to service enough people to the point where you're, where that is actually the deterrent to driving drunk after a baseball game. And when you also factor in that MLB teams rake in money on the parking for to encourage people to drive to these games like they really are not incentivized to do anything except maximize their dollar value at the implied risk of their fans and public safety and like i think it's incumbent on players like when they feel that way and they feel comfortable about it speaking out about that sort of thing and i just don't know that like whether you think this policy is actually going to be more harmful or not, it is undoubtedly a step in the wrong direction for teams caring about the safety of their fans and the people around ballparks after games. Right. And and not only are games shorter overall, right, which we can't say too much more about. Um, <laughs> and so they're pushing back this, the the cut off right we're doing a podcast about the extinction of the dinosaurs but we're not going to talk about the meteor (laughs) (laughs) we're like they're all gone we don't know how that happens but now each inning is shorter 
two, right? Yeah. Like, so now you're not waiting the final two innings, which could be, you know, 40, 45 minutes. If you're selling beer through the eighth inning, you may be leaving in like 15 minutes. If the home team is winning and they get the three outs pretty quickly, which a lot of teams know how to do, like you, you may not even be finished with your drink by the time the game is over. And that just, I just, I, yeah. Who are you looking out for here? It also just like, who were you looking out for before too? I mean, yeah. You know, like it was bad before and it just went to slightly worse and there's nothing wrong with calling that out. Um, I mean, I, this is also n- not a particularly comforting blueprint for sort of how gambling continues to make its way into its sport. A similarly sort of odious, um, insidious activity that teams are nevertheless yeah. encouraging, right? They're encouraging you to do it and they're also encouraging you to be safe about it, right? Gamble, but not if you think only you're the gambling exact too much. right amount. Mm-hmm. Not so little that you don't make us a lot of money. Yeah. Not so much that you don't have a roof over your head. Mm-hmm. Just somewhere right in the middle there. Yeah, exactly. We can't and really we, tell we you can't, where. Yeah, but... we can't say what that middle is. Mm-hmm. We can't tell you to spend this exact amount of money. <laughs> it's just different for every person. You guys figure it out. You guys figure it out. The other part of this, the other part of the beer thing is that like, I guess their other option, right? Their other option was to raise the price of beer because you're not selling as many. Right. And they looked at the, they looked at that and they were like, <laughs> we might have already maxed this one out. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. we might not, we, that actually might deter, that yeah. actually might lower our sales. I don't think if you can go up to $27. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, dude, we're all, we're living in a, a monopoly game for these people. Like, obviously. Sick. Sick. <laughs> We're we're collateral damage for Budweiser. Uh, Okay. My final down this week. It comes in the form of a column in The Athletic from none other than Jim Bowden. Headline, MLB front offices should rein in player opt-out clauses. It's reached a tipping point. We love tipping points on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Tipping pitches, tipping points, tipping point, Malcolm Gladwell. We love it all. Uh, MLB front offices have headed down a problematic and potentially irreversible path, potentially irreversible path, irreversible path, by including too many opt-out clauses in new deals. Alex, this next line is very important for you mm-hmm. to understand. This, pay close attention to this one. We're going to get a metaphor. Strap in. Okay. Metaphor strapped in. All right. Strap in for the metaphor. I'm locked in. This isn't candy they're handing out at Halloween. These are major concessions. first let's talk about opt-out clauses i don't understand why teams keep agreeing to them (laughs) (laughs) and then he says brian reynolds and the pirates and talking about the deal is being held up because reynolds wants an opt-out clause and the pirates don't want to give it and the, the the length of the contract will be eight years and so reynolds wants the option to some flexibility in those eight years to potentially have some more upside if he turns out to overperform that deal. And Bowden's saying, well, what if he gets hurt? <laughs> so if the player plays well, it's a four-year commitment for him. But he also has the insurance of the other four years that the team is guaranteed. Even in a case such as this one, where the money would make it a team-friendly deal, the opt-out clause tips the scales in the player's favor. This from former GM Jim Bowden thinks that there's too many opt-out clauses. I... I, for one, think we should get rid of free agency altogether. <laughs> the, the the original opt-out sin, free agency. Right, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I don't even know what I think. He sounds that. like indistinguishable 
from the people being like, well, why should Kurt Flood get to leave? Right. You know, like, why should he be able to be a free agent? I just like, this is such cherry pick. Like, yes, you picked one piece of a contract that might give a player slightly more leverage. Would you like to go through the litany of pro owner clauses in there? I don't think he would. I like don't think do he he would. Isn't this kind of how contracts work? Dude, is like yes. both sides come together and they agree on giving up some things. If you don't want to give the opt out clause, give a shorter contract for more money. Like, right. it's like not, you're not <laughs> teaching the GMs anything here. Like player opt out clauses are ruining the game. Like how? Yeah. How? How? That the players have the freedom to decide that the situation no longer suits them and they can go be employed somewhere else. Think about what you're actually saying yeah. here. That players should be pot committed to a franchise for 10 straight years simply because that was the franchise that decided that they wanted to tender them that contract at that time. Mm -hmm. Like, if the player signs it without the contract or without the opt-out clause, then fine, sure, yeah, the player should be committed to that franchise for 10 years. I am fine with that. But opt-out clauses are like a creative way for teams and players to commit to each other for long-term, for for the long-term, without it being so draconian that the deal never actually materializes. Because if there was no such thing as an opt-out clause, like Julio Rodriguez would not have signed an extension with the Mariners yet. Fernando Tatis Jr. would not have signed an extension with the Padres. Same with Manny Machado. And like these, the the opt-out clause is the thing that is allowing teams and players to be able to commit to each other with some exceptions. Right. And I just don't see anything wrong with that. And I just don't understand why, like, this guy right, like if, is if, making it his fucking, the last act of his life, his mission to just, like, stump for owners because he sucked as a GM. And now he's, like, trying to get back in their good graces. Like, I just, I just don't get it. Like, no, it's crazy I, town. I know. It's like Carlos Correa says, I consent. And then uh, the Minnesota Twins say, I consent. And then Forget Jim Bowden says, <laughs> isn't there someone you forgot to ask? Dude, I and I can't even I can't even go down the rabbit hole of how infantilizing this column is. Like comparing player opt-out clauses, giving them away like candy, but like the players are like toddlers trick-or-treating. These are a, adults who have agents and agency. And comparing teams handing these things out like they're for free candy at Halloween is like so borderline like heinous and offensive like i can't believe this even made it into this column well i mean it's equally i think um condescending towards the readers right in in thinking that they don't understand what an opt-out is right like he is breaking the yeah. news for a first time that sometimes players get to opt out of their contracts because they negotiated that at the beginning of the contract like what does he think he's breaking here yeah this is mushnick-esque it really is. You know why? Because Mushnick fell off his game and now people think that they can kind of step on his corner. I know. It's like, Phil, you need to step back and take it, take back some of that space. Yeah. Also, isn't Bowden the one who was, who was like investigated by the FBI because he was yes. pocketing Latin American player contracts? Yes. Oh, okay. No player opt-out clauses. We need to save room for racketeering. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I fucking love this sport, man. <laughs> All right. What is your what is your last down? My last down is the thing that I have been dreading discussing. And that's the existence of, of the Oakland Athletics baseball team. Woof. Um 
Woof. That's uh, that's that's real. You've uh, seen the movie Home Alone? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when the family leaves and Macaulay Culkin is going through his brother's stuff, his chest of stuff, looking for his life savings. Mm-hmm. And he pulls out the picture of Buzz's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> That's how I've been feeling watching the A's. Right. Alex, your team. Yeah. I mean, woof. a, bit of a di- bit of a different woof, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a negative woof in Home Alone. He looks at her and, and he does not like how she looks. I have it's been so long since I've seen that movie. Well, maybe you gotta fire it up this year. I know. I I did like a few months. Alex, ago. the A's, woof. <laughs> um it there was kind of a point put on it this past week when the A's played the Mets and and beloved broadcaster Gary Cohen um re- <laughs> regaled uh viewers about why they were not currently situated in the Visitors broadcast booth. That's right. At Ring Central Coliseum. Um Ring Central. That's <laughs> sure. Actually, I don't know that they've if it's still if they still have those rights or not. Ring Central, like ring the doorbell ring? No. I think it's like a I think it's like a, you know like telecom? Right. Like a this is too much for advertising. Actually, software as a service. Oh, definitely SAS SAS. Yeah. SAS software yeah. is, it's just we're B2B. We're B2B SaaS. Right. We're B2B OTT DTC. <laughs> DTC. <laughs> I don't think you can be B2B and DTC. I, I think, think those are either. the opposite <laughs> of the spectrum. <laughs> well, I mean, what if the consumer is the business? That's still directly I, to the consumer. You sound like the Supreme Court right now. <laughs> <laughs> what if the consumer, what if the business is a person? Yeah, that's true. Didn't even think of that. Thank you. Possum. Did I even? I don't even know if I got to what no, to what it was. It. Okay, yeah. There's a possum. There's a possum that does occupy uh, Ring Central uh, or something or other Coliseum. I think let the possum cook. Mm-hmm. Nothing else important is going on in that <laughs> broadcast booth. Yeah. So the reason the reason that they were not able to be in the visitors booth is because um, the possum had uh, burrowed in the ceiling. His, yeah. No. Well. I mean, yes, but also had uh, directly before this game sort of staked his territory um, mm. with some droppings, oh. and so there was a bit of a stench that they were overwhelmed with. E. Gary, it seemed like, did smell it. Ron did not. Um, should get that checked out. Yeah. Do you think that the home broadcast should give up their booth and go hang out with the possum? Because I feel like sort of like the possum is probably like looking for a kindred spirit. Right. And so the possum is probably looking for Dallas Braden. Right. Well, it's also like. Like one of us. One of us. Well, it's kind of like, um, well, there's also new people coming in and out there every week, right? Like if this is a possum that wants stability, why is he in the the road broadcast booth? Right. Right. Then you have to meet new people every week. I get, you know, like your dog Stevie gets really anxious meeting new people. It feels like a similar um, vibe. Like. Give that possum some friends he can count on. I agree. Man, the A's are bad. Mm-hmm. They're I. We've talked about this offline a few times, and I don't remember if we've talked about it on the podcast. I don't think I can remember seeing a team that looked this bad mm-hmm. on a major league baseball field. Yeah, like obviously there have been teams that have performed worse, you know, over the course of however many games the A's have played so far. But like in theory, this is supposed to be when your team looks its best. Like early in the season, everyone's healthy. Um, 
the rest of the league has not quite solidified their standing yet. You know, maybe you could catch a couple quick wins off some teams that you normally wouldn't beat. That is just not the case. They nope. are not good. Yeah. And they, only getting worse. They have a team ERA of eight. Yeah. That's two runs worse than the next worst <laughs> team. And even like even like the young promising pitchers have not looked good. No. Fujinami actually looked okay against the Mets yesterday. Gave up a couple runs, yeah. got some strikeouts. Um, he was really bad in his first start. Yeah. And then like Waldachuk is supposed to be the other guy that is like the the next good A's starting pitcher. And he is just not good yet. And it used to be that like, okay, the A's trade away their good players before they get to free agency, and then they replace them with with players that you don't expect to be as good and they develop them. I don't really believe in that anymore, honestly. Yeah. It's like when who are the last great what is the last great crop of A's players that has been a core that they've developed? It's been it's been a little while. Like Yeah, well yeah. I mean Chapman I think it's, and Canna and Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that crew, right? Murphy, Olsen. These were all guys. I mean, that was it's the core that they traded within the last like sixteen months. Right. But like all of those guys were with the A's at least for like three or years. four years yeah, at that yeah. point before they traded them. And so like nothing has come since then. Right. And I think that, that is kind of why they saw the writing on the wall for like their sort of soft rebuild strategy that they've been doing since you've been alive. And now they're doing a hardcore teardown rebuild, which the, the, like the A's have I not. I mean, they're doing a teardown. I haven't seen any right. proof of a rebuild yet. But, but that's like not, th- this is sort of uncharted territory for like the Billy Bean, David Forrest brain trust of the A's. Like yeah. they've never really intentionally tried to be this bad with no nothing immediately on the horizon. If, unless I'm wrong. Like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You've been the person following the team. No, I mean, I mean, that's like Ben, ben Bean's whole thing, right? Is like, you know, yeah, we can't run the high payroll, but we can at least be competitive, right? Which as you see, there's like yeah. a lot of years in there where they're like, just not bad. Just barely not, like just hanging like in there. 80 and 82, know? yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, or like 84 and 78, but like missing the playoffs. And yeah. like, there's just no plan. Right. And they've they're said they're gonna that, lose 110. They years. have said as much, like, right? They're like, we're not we're basically we're not gonna invest until we get this new stadium. We're not gonna put money on the field until we get a new stadium. That is so so short-sighted and crazy because like once you get the new stadium, you're not you can't put this dog shit team in there and expect people to come out. Right. You've like, alienated all your fans for the last decade. I mean, unless the new stadium stays in Oakland and it's a great stadium and it's suddenly fun and cheap and easy to get to, like that is the best that you can hope for. But if you take this team to Las Vegas, what the fuck do you think is going to happen? You think that people are going to come watch this team in Las Vegas? This team in Las Vegas. Like, no disrespect to anyone out there trying to make their way on a major league roster. It's an incredible accomplishment. But there are just no dudes on this team. There are no dudes on this team who are worth the price of admission, frankly. That's such shade to Tony Temp. Tony Kemp, man. I love Tony Kemp, but nobody is buying a ticket. Like, I really need to see Tony Kemp in person. Especially not in the city of Las Vegas. Like I, I don't know. Shea Langoliers, come on, man. I like Shea Langoliers. You're not. You're not signing up to watch James Caprillion. You are naming like the deepest cut, like baseball heads. Like the all, those are the guys that they could name on the Oakland. Right. Guys. I. Th- those are like the the remember some guys, <laughs> and that's like our starting lineup. <laughs> so I yeah, I'm just. I know that we've like talked about this ad nauseum that there's no future for this team, but like. It's really starting to be unwatchably depressing. Mm-hmm. Like it's no longer an interesting 
thought experiment. <laughs> it's like now we're seeing the results, the yield of the experiment. Uh, okay. My final up this week. And then you have one more up to do after this. Technically, yeah. My final up this week is, did you see Cody Bellinger rob Jason Hayward's home run mm-hmm. in Dodger Stadium? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my up this week because it was just such a funny moment. Yep. Like, I'm I'm sad for Jason Hayward. I wish he got an, uh, I wish he got a home run. I love Jason Hayward. He could he could take all the home runs he can get at this point in his career. But um, he's actually having an okay year, uh, because the Dodgers have a cheating lab that they put all of their players into, <laughs> just like the San Francisco Giants, competing cheating labs yep. <laughs> in the state of California. Um, but it was just like it was such a wonderful moment for like baseball, and like baseball time being a flat circle, like Cody Bellinger being on the Cubs robbing Jason Hayward being on the Dodgers in 2023 after they kind of made their mark on the opposite franchises. And uh, I thought it was cool. Great play, by the way. Cody Bellinger still can't hit. Still is a good defender in center field. Great athlete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cody Bellinger's WRC plus for the last three seasons. 95 this year. Not good, but not as bad as it's been. Approaching league average. Last year, 83. Okay, pretty bad. Mm-hmm. 2021. 56. 47. <laughs> Man, he has just been down so bad since that shoulder injury in 2020. That really makes me sad. I know, because he's like just such a beautiful swing to watch when it's right and when he's it's wrong. He's a funny dude. When dude. it's wrong, like it looks like he's never going to ever hit a baseball. I know. Because his swing is so long and so violent and so hard. It's just he's like swinging out of his shoes every time. And ah. Man, maybe he can get right. Maybe Jed Hoyer can get him going. <laughs> My final up this week is uh, it's coming out of St. Louis, which might be a bit of a rarity when it comes to three up, three down. But that's thanks to one Jordan Walker, who uh, mm. just really burst onto the scene in baseball over the last couple of weeks and kind of captured everyone's attention. Right, He started the year off with a 12-game hitting streak that... Uh, Unfortunately, came to an end this past Thursday. Um, I think it woke a lot of people up to just how sort of electric he is at the plate in the field. I think it's kind of funny that he had a hitting streak because he's not known for his hit tool. He's known no. for having insane light tower power. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's flashed that a bit too. And he's, and he's fast and he's got speed. Um, so again, like, this feels like day one tipping pitches content where I'm just like, damn, I like watching him play baseball makes makes me feel good inside um but that's kind of that's kind of how I'm feeling right now he skipped triple a entirely um you know he was doing there were all these sort of like you know data points that people he's the the you know the, the youngest person since so and since 1914 to hit in 17 straight in 12 straight first yep. pitch game yeah no, that I love mm-hmm. that stat. Yeah, that was actually. a great stat. Yeah. That was a great stat. I heard uh, that one on Effectively Wild. <laughs> right, from the stat blast. <laughs> um, I also just think it's cool to have another um, black baseball player who is going to be a fucking star. And especially this coming, Jackie Robinson Day was two days ago. Black baseball players are at an all-time low right now. Um, and Jordan Walker just brings that Brings that fucking energy, man. Did you see honorable up, honorable mention up this week? Did you see Bob Kendrick's appearance in the Royals 
broadcast booth. I did, yes. Where he was talking about um, a little bit like of the financial situation of the Negro Leagues at the time that Jackie was signed by the Dodgers and broke the color barrier and about how he was clearly not the best player in the Negro Leagues at the time. He was just the most attainable in the manner in which Branch Rickey was interested in getting black baseball players into baseball, which was on the cheap uh, (laughs) as a low cost way to make his team better and not have to actually like reimburse the Negro Leagues owner, which is what Negro Leagues owners, which is why he ended up not going and signing a player from the Newark Eagles owned by Effa Manley, who drove a much harder bargain than the white owner who owned the Kansas City Monarchs at the time was willing to drive for his fellow white owners um, who were interested in breaking the color barrier. So uh, highly recommend that. Highly recommend anytime Bob Kendrick is talking to <laughs> carve out time to listen because I've literally listened to this man for like, I would say at this point, like hours and hours and hours mm-hmm. of his storytelling. And it's like, he, I still haven't heard him repeat that many stories. <laughs> right. So I'm like, could you just do this for yeah, like you got, you got 300 backlog, hours? Bro. Like it's just, it's unbelievable what he does. Um, so he was, yeah, he was in the, in, in the Royals booth on uh, Jackie Robinson day. Yeah. Jordan Walker. He looks ready for the big leagues. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, I love early season prospect debuts um, because it can really go one of two directions. Like prospects can look really bad yep. when they come to the bigs and it can mean nothing, you know, like you can just start off slow or you can just need a little bit more time to adjust or like Jordan Walker, you can just be dropped into major league pitching without ever having even seen triple A pitching and start your career off with a 13 game hitting streak. Like Francisco Alvarez is 0 for 11 with six strikeouts and he was the number one prospect in baseball when he was yeah, called up. Not not exactly ready for major league pitching. No, not ready for major league pitching at all. And so it's it's always such a unique and distinct delight to see a prospect just be immediately ready for pitching at this level because it's just never, never, ever even remotely guaranteed that that will be the case, no matter how surefire you seem. The same thing happened with Juan de Franco a couple of years ago where he came up and he was like, immediately I am a 400 OBP player. Congratulations mm-hmm. to everybody around me on my team. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have me here. Right. <laughs> and I'm just going to be that for the rest of my career. So, yeah. I mean, Walker is a little bit different because like, like you said, he's much more of a hard contact whiff kind of guy. Yeah. Or at least he profiles to be. I have no idea if this is sustainable. His hit tool will be sustainable at this level, but yeah. Good one. I think that does it for this week. I think so. Housekeeping. TippingPitchesPod at gmail.com. Tipping underscore pitches on Twitter. 785-422-5881. That is our voicemail number, which you can call and leave a voicemail to hear your voice on the Tipping Pitches podcast, sharing your thoughts about any of the things that we discuss on this podcast or anything unrelated. If you'd like to sign up for the Tipping Pitches Patreon, that is patreon.com slash tipping pitches. Three different tiers, five, seven, 12. I'll get you different things. Um, Alex, one thing that we've discussed offline that we both are interested in, and that I know that Tipping Pitches listeners are interested in, is the potential of like meetups at games. Um, specifically, I would love to do one at the Brooklyn Cyclones this year because that's minor league baseball. It's a really cool park. It's much cheaper. Um, the access is easier. It has Coney Island Brewery underneath it, which is a cool spot to hang out with or meet up before or after a baseball game. Uh, so for the New York area Tipping Pitches folks. Maybe we'll be maybe we'll be thinking of organizing something like that later this summer. 
Um, I know you and I have very busy summers, so we'll have to find a time in which both of us can actually attend something like that. And then um, I know other listeners, either in the Slack or just in the general community on Twitter and whatnot, have also expressed interest in doing things like that too. So I wanted to shout out longtime listener, Tipping Pitches community member Owen Maynard, who uh, listeners might remember organized the Tipping Pitches State of the Union survey. Uh, which we fielded data on and talked about before the season started. Owen lives in the UK. Um, obviously, the MLB does the London game every year, uh, and Owen is Owen is going to try to organize like a meetup of people that listen to the pod who might be going to the London game if there is a handful of people who are living in the UK or who are going to be traveling there for that. So, if you're interested in something like that and you're in the Slack, get in touch with Owen. If you're not in the Slack, maybe consider signing up to to be part of the organization and the um, communication around some of these things, but obviously, like the one, the ones that we'll do for the cyclones and stuff, we'll talk about on the pod and on Twitter and whatnot. So, uh, no need to sign up for the Slack to get in, involved generally, but um, but yeah, I wanted to put that on people's radar because it's high time we all show up to a minor league baseball game and get raucous, <laughs> get a raucous crowd going. Yeah, they've got um, they've got like beer bats there. I don't know if you've seen, dude, got, like the. You don't know if I've seen. I've seen you drinking one. <laughs> You're just talking to the listener, right? You don't know right, if the listener's yes. seen, right? I love that place. Yeah, that place is wild. I love Coney Island. I love like the roller coaster in the background. It's yeah. just such a fun time. It's a scene. It is a scene. It's New York, man. I mean, that's like a hey. if I can make it here. Hey, hey, that has not been true for so many New York Mets prospects, but. <laughs> Anyway, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week. And you've been waiting up all night for me to call you. And it makes me sick inside. So we call you up this late at night. That's what I do. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping pitches. Tipping the pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping the pitches. So we'll see you next week. See ya!